Care Adventist Church in St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, today we're studying from uh, Testimonies for the Church. Uh, I'm Karen Lewis, by the way, and uh, we're studying from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1. And we're on Chapter 83, Reform in Dress. And if I could get, um, Alvina, do you mind praying for us to start us out? out? Okay. Uh, dear God, thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace, dear God. Keep us, help us to learn something that may we be able to share with other people. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. And before we get started, I'm going to try to share the stream, the live stream. And uh, if anybody else wants to share it, now's the time to do it. Uh, let's see. Well, I don't see it yet. So. Facebook. Mm -hmm. Right, I just see it. It's hanging. Oh. Okay. I had to refresh. Give me a second. Yeah, okay. That guy is saying give him a second. So. Right, here we go. Refresh. Okay, he's saying refresh, so let's see. It still takes just a couple of, a few seconds before it to come live, so. Okay, yeah, see a little thing. Okay, there we go, okay. All right, um, so I'm gonna do a couple of shares and then we're gonna get started. Okay. All right. Let's go back to our book. Um, did anybody have any thoughts right off the top uh, of this chapter, uh, Reform in Dress? My thought was that it's even back then it was an issue and it's still an issue today. That thing, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Isn't that something? Now, you know, what struck me was that this is about the third or fourth time we've dealt with dress reform from her <laughs> in this book. And there was something about it that she just kept coming back to it. And what do you think that was? And, and, let, and let's bring it forward to our day, as you mentioned, Lee, bring it forward to our day. Why do you think she keeps coming back to dress reform? I think she put in this first sentence, blah, 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 and an effort is made perhaps by those who do not wish to believe what I have written to make confusion in our churches on this important subject. So there are some people who just don't want to make any adjustments or change or stop doing or start doing whatever the case may be. So they just try and keep the confusion going about it. Mm. You know, it's hard for people. Nobody really wants to change, but sometimes that's what we have to do. If we're following the Lord, we're going to have to change. Yeah, and you know, I think you're absolutely right. And, and, and I think about the fact that there must be something more to it than simply confusion, because she keeps coming back to dress reform, she keeps coming back to it. she keeps coming back to it. And so that that kind of says to me, okay, we need to take a closer look at dress reform, you know, and even in, uh, you know, now in our day, you know, going to church. Um, what are the things that are pleasing to God and what's not pleasing to God in our dress? You know, I can remember for years going to um, Oakwood Alumni Weekend. And I mean to tell you, the folks would pull out just the best that they had. And it was like a, a, it was like a red carpet show, just sitting there, standing there watching the people go in and out and they're just wonderful, you know, attire and everything. And um, I just wonder, you know, about our concern with outward appearance. Anyway, I think also, I think also uh, in the second, the very first sentence in the second um, paragraph, some contend that what I wrote in testimony for the church number 10 does not agree with my testimony in the work entitled How to Live. This is really critical. This is even more important than the dress reform issue. Here is in question whether or not um, she is truly a prophet. Because if she is not, if she's a real prophet, then her work will be consistent all the way through, just as the Bible is. Mm -hmm. But if not, 
then she will, it would be wavering this way and that way. So it might not be so much, it is impossible to dress, um, dresses, how we dress is important. But I think this is a greater issue is, um, let me address this because, you know, maybe she wasn't thinking it, but that's exactly how people are. If, if she said, well, yeah, those are kind of different point of views, then they will be doing everything she wrote that way. Mm. Okay, so you're thinking that maybe it's a an attack on her, basically, an attack uh, sure on that, her. Yeah, you know how you know how people are. You know, it's like uh, the bottom line is some people were jealous. Not mm -hmm. you know, goodwill. They were going to give up their nice cushiony jobs and positions to do what she was doing. But they were some people would be feel jealous of of what she's doing, and some people, you know, in that jealousy then some people would um, want to discredit her. And if mm. they could find, if you can find a statement, mm. even the Bible that contradicts each other, then we can say, well, this is, is not of God. It's not godly because it's um, not all of it is true. Huh. Well, you know, the you one know, that comes I, to mind. What? What'd the one say? that comes to mind from the Bible is destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so they use that against Jesus when mm -hmm. that's not what they thought he meant was not what he meant at all. Well, I think they knew it because they said put those, they knew what he was saying because they put the guards by the tomb. Well, <laughs> yeah. Knew, that, that, that's, I, uh, I do think, you know, if they could have proven that one of, the, one of these statements was not true, then that would make her, that would put her whole credibility into question. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, and let's see. And she says in, in response in that same paragraph, she says um, that they were written from the same view and they are not two different views contradicting the other. And she said, if there's any difference, it's simply in the form of how she expressed it. You know, they always say, some say tomato, some say tomato. So she was simply saying, I may have expressed it differently. Uh, it's interesting because when I was in law school, they told us, they said, learn how to say the same thing three different ways. And so it just sounds like, you know, she may have expressed it with different words, but she's, but, but the principle behind what she was saying was the same. Okay. Um, and as far as dress itself, she says in the next paragraph, no occasion should be given to unbelievers to reproach our faith. She said, we are considered odd and singular, and we should not take a course to lead unbelievers to think us more so than our faith requires us to be. So basically, don't become a radical extremist when it comes to dress. You know, um, we, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are supposed to dress modestly, but not, I, I'm going to say, we don't need to wear the fashions of the 1600s in our day, I'll put it like that. <laughs> you know, and even, and even though those are interesting to see sometimes when you're watching a television era, era period television program or movie, yeah, we're not supposed to go about in that because then we would really be considered peculiar, you know? There are and some strange. people who dress like that today. There are. There are, there are, and when you get to talking to them, you can tell they're a little off too. <laughs> hey, um, hey, everybody! Hey, what about the people, the Millerite that dress with those hats on their head, and that you know, what mm -hmm. about them? They set themselves apart. They're... You mean the Amish? No, the Millerites. The Millerites was the beginning of the church. No, no, no. It's certain a religious called that, and they wear the little caps on their head, and they dress like little house on the prairie people. Mm. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I, you know, I know them like Lisa to be the Amish, but okay, but yeah, basically we know what style of dress you mean. Yes. Yes, and so, um, well, you know that's interesting because when you look at devout Jews, they dress a certain way also. And so I don't, I, I, I think, um, well, we, we don't have, you know, like for instance, the Amish, the Millerites, they, they, they have a standard of dress that they adhere to across the board. We as Adventists don't have that. We don't have a standard of dress that we adhere to across the board. 
we are just we are just cautioned to dress modestly and comfortably. Anybody else want to answer that question for her? Uh, what about the, what question or yes, Galvina? Yes, yeah. What about these people that dress like that? Uh, when she's talking about Evans, first of all, that we are, she's she's also referencing that we're observing the Sabbath. Uh, the way we eat is a, is different. We're not eating any pork or unclean foods, and she's saying that you know we don't want to when it's not necessary. Don't make yourself different. It's just bringing. Well, she said, bring the time of trouble upon yourself before it's time. So we don't have to do all that extra stuff. You know, the Millerites are the Amish people. That's kind of their signature now. That's like their branding, if you will, and stuff. And we don't have that particular branding. Yeah, there's okay. some churches where they not only have uh, unity in their beliefs, but they also have uniformity of dress. Like a lot mm -hmm. of the Eastern religions, Buddhists, they wear those robes and then the um moonies used to wear all orange the um what's that group in utah they were all white and then the uh yahweh they used to wear all white you know so some groups do have uniformity but like karen saying adventists we don't have that in dress we have uh principles of dress but we don't have a uniform of dress. And the next thing too, even in that, in the, in the Millerite dress or in the Mooney's dress or whoever, Yahweh, there can be a certain level of pride in that, you know, we this and y'all not, exclusiveness, excluding everybody out too, you know? So, I mean, this whole dress thing, I think underneath all of it is that issue of pride, which is bigger than the dress issue is that, you know, when you put on your, um, rabbi clothes, you know, most, we look at it as like, okay, they so pious, but even that pious is so interesting. That pious is what, what got the Jewish people in trouble. Like, I'm so pious, this is going to save me, or my dress is going to save me. We're not to be bringing attention to ourselves. That's why I dress, just put on some clothes and go. I think, right. I don't know if you got to this paragraph, Karen, 456.3. And just what Lakita's saying, it says, we're, we are considered odd and singular and should not take a course to lead unbelievers to think us more so than our faith requires okay. us to be. So people already think we're weird because we worship on the Sabbath and keep God, all of God's commandments. And we don't want to take action to make them think that we even worse, you know, more crazy than what they already do. Right, right, right. And, um, She's saying further down in that paragraph, she says that we should not adopt a mode of dress that are that would cripple our influence among unbelievers so that we could not so readily gain access to them. And so um, basically we should not be so odd, like I said, walking around and clothes from the 1600s or something like that um, so that people look at us as strange on top of our beliefs. <laughs> And you know, it's true. If you see a group of people, they all wearing robes, certain color robes, or you're going to be crossing the street because you don't want to talk to them. <laughs> you know, which I remember they, the Moonies were in St. Louis years ago and they were all downtown wearing orange. You could literally see people crossing the street because they didn't want to be, uh, they didn't want to run into them. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. just by, yeah, especially if you see them handing way, out they, literature. Yeah, it just causes them to, uh, cripple their influence, even though like Lakita's saying, there's some reason or some pride or some uh, attribute of dressing the same that they like, but it also might have the influence of, of the uh, activity of crippling their influence. Mm -hmm. And now in the next paragraph, 467.1, she talks about, um, and she refers to a biblical text, Deuteronomy 22.5, which is the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord. And she says that God would not have his people adopt the so-called reform dress, which she's calling the American costume, or, uh, or further up in that paragraph. And she says that it is immodest apparel, wholly unfitted for the modest, humble followers of Christ. So... Um, and it says, next paragraph, there's a, an increasing tendency to have women in their dress and appearance as near like uh, the other sex, which is men, as possible. 
and the fashion they're dressed very much like that of men. But God pronounces this an abomination. And in like manner, she says that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shame, face, and sobriety. So talk to me a little bit about that. What, what, what is considered men's apparel versus women's apparel? Or what would you consider men versus women's apparel? You know, it's an interesting thing, uh, Karen. You can see a woman wearing some slacks and a shirt, and you know that she's dressed like a woman. But you can see another woman wearing some slacks and a shirt, and you know she's dressed like a man. I think it's, you know, all in the tailoring of these clothes, and if those clothes are made with the intention of men wearing those clothes. You know, but you can see that you definitely can see the difference when those um, what the goal of the, of the outfit is. Hmm. I think that's a good point where Lakita said what the goal of the outfit is. Are you trying to dress like a man or are you not? Like nowadays we have uh, uh, lesbians. Sometimes one of them will dress like a man on purpose. That's the goal of it. However, when you think about it, even back in biblical days where everybody was wearing robes, <laughs> they could get, I'm sure they could still tell this person's trying to dress like the opposite sex. So it's not necessarily in the actual outfit itself, but in the intention and the purpose and goal of what you're doing. Hmm. Anybody else have a comment? Okay. All right, let's move on. Um, okay. And she says in the next paragraph, some of those feel called out to join the movement in favor of women's rights and the so-called dress reform. But she said they might as well sever all connection with the third angel's message. And she says the spirit which attends the one cannot be in harmony with the other. She says spiritualists have to quite an extent adopted this singular mode of dress. Seventh-day Adventists who believe in the restoration of the gifts are often branded as spiritualists. Let them adopt this costume and their influence is dead. If people would place them on a level with spiritualists and would refuse to listen to them. So apparently during that timing, there was a certain mode of dress that I guess spiritualists wore, you know, the ones that sit around doing seances and all that, that foolishness. And she was saying that we as Adventists should definitely not adopt that form of dress because then we, we would become associated by appearance with, um, spiritualists of that day and so our influence would be destroyed um, and she says with the so-called dress reform there goes a spirit of levity and boldness just in keeping with the dress and so I guess you know again we were talking about the difference between men and women's clothing and as we read on in this chapter she's really dealing with that and that women should not be dressing to look like men with the man's uh, and 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 and, and, and you are maybe more right than you think. And then they were saying, I'm thinking that she's talking about suits and boots that men wore at that time. And basically just looking like a man, as far as if you were to see him from behind, you would think that you were looking at a man instead of a woman or instead of a female. Yeah, in a couple of spots, she uses the word, the spirit that these people have, the spirit that they do this with, the spirit that they have. So again, it's not not literally the clothing, but the spirit in which people do these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like you, and we know that because when you look at people who choose not to wear masks, there's like a boldness to it, a defiance with it. If you have on a mask sometimes staring you down, like what's wrong with you, it's not that important. So it's really interesting that um, what she's saying here. A spirit of levity and boldness, just in keeping with the dress. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. Most of the time, when she's these three chapters that we've read about dress reform, she's talking about women. Rarely is she talking. I haven't seen where she's talking about men. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, she may be dealing with mannish women or women that, um, like you said, boldly and with levity are dressing that away. Even uh, now, there's more, even now, there's more, and there, I think there always has been, there's more of the case where women are dressing like men than men dressing like women. Uh, recently, within the last few years, 
there's been some men who have actually put on dresses and that's their style as to wear a woman's dress. It's actually a woman's dress. And, you know, they have people, uh, men in the movies, putting on women's clothing. Remember the movie Tootsie and I think uh, Big Mama, some of them movies where the, uh, yeah, Flip Wilson, where the man is actually putting on a dress. So it's mm -hmm. more, they do it in a comedic or thinking it's funny way. Whereas in real life, there's more women dressed like men. Not too many men are putting on dresses, but like I said, things have started to change where there are some men who actually go out in public in a dress. No, I think, I think, I think it's um, like in the Bible, it says a man should not wear that which pertains to a woman, or let's say um, that every man go into his house and eat or whatever. Well, those are, that, that thing is like, um, it's not excluding men. This is not excluding men. This is not, she doesn't want the men to walk around in, um, you know, in those tails and what, what do you call it? Um, when you're wearing a tuxedo, you know, to go to go to church or to the beach in, you know, she, she's saying the the principle under here is don't be out of place, out of style and fanatic in any way. And this, in, this means men and women. Even if the man is wearing female draws, but he knows he got on female draws. We don't know it, but he knows it. And so under <laughs> and he's wearing these things because he's female, makes him because they're female, they make him feel like a female. Then we're now we're talking about that other principle, the motive behind why you're wearing this stuff. So, you know, she may be saying women, but it's not limited to women. This is not limited to women. Hey, what what about okay, the dad? Hello. Also, I know they we, we're talking about Ellen White in her days, but I know when we grew up, my dad would never allow my sisters to ever put on a pair of pants and go go to church. Never. Right. They didn't wear pants and go to church back in the day. They didn't wear the color red. They couldn't wear dresses a certain way. You couldn't wear your sleeves out. And I think Sister White, I'm going back to this. There's a principle here. And I think the... Um, at some point, she might say it in this chapter. I know that it's a statement that she says, we should not be the last to take, the first to take up a fashion, nor the last to take it up. Keep moving, people. Don't get stuck because, you know, back in this time, they didn't do this, they didn't do that. We're moving. You know, there are some things that's going to change over time. People wear their arms out. Is that, is that the worst thing? Is it, and, and I think, what's, what's the motive? If I put on the red dress back in the day, that was an indication that, you know, some people say it's a red light district. Women who wore red dresses were fast. Are they fast today? Does it mean the same today? So I think No, that, uh, it don't mean the same today. I wear red because of my sorority. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, Lakita. But, and that's what I'm saying is that, you know, so I think the message from Sister White is don't get stuck. Don't get stuck in, up on all of this, uh, on this stuff. But no, the principles, we have to kind of, She's saying these words, but it's our job to pick up the principle of these words. Right, too. right, right. And, 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 and that's what we have to glean every time we have a study is what are the principles here and how do we apply them to our lives? You know, you could put on a modest dress, but if you act all crazy in it and you, you know, you, you highlight yourself <laughs> and you, you want mm -hmm. to gain attention, then, then you're still dressing wrong. And you know, and you know what, and that's true, Karen. You know what? How you wear stuff is I mean, if you're gonna put on something, I can put on something, you can put on something, and the attitude. If I'm gonna be flouncing myself around, like, hey, I got it going on, look at me, I'm gonna wear the thing, two sizes too small for me. And but you put on the same dress, <laughs> it looks modest, and it's that's because of how what's going on inside of my head is that is is what's important at that point. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What were you going to say, Alvina? I was saying, what about some little commercial when they have the dad want to uh, be like the little girl, hear a little ballerina dressed like the little girl is, and they think that's how cute, making his daughter feel good because he she has he has a dress on like she does. Uh, I think it goes back to the, <laughs> that's just the and TV. The motive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I think it goes no, back I, to the intent and the motive. I, I I would not say that, you know, that would never happen in real life or anything like that. But it's just maybe she had maybe she had some esteem problems or confidence problems. And he said, OK, well, you know what? Let me just help build her self-esteem. Let me just put on something like this and dance around with her. And she and so she sees that, you know, that this is something that uh, is OK. Yeah, I've seen that commercial. I like it because it's just showing that that the dad loves his daughter enough to he's play supportive with her, of her. Yeah, get down in her level and just uh -huh. be a kid. He's not wearing that out to work or nothing. No, he's not. You know, because all of us dads, we played tea party with our daughters and put on funny hats and glasses. It's just being a kid with your kid. Right. Right. Absolutely. I'm gonna grow up. I want a husband just like you that wears a dress, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah but you know what daddy probably only did that one time he's not doing that every week and, and, and everything like that <laughs> yeah he ain't going out of house like that <laughs> but that just kind of brought to mind too let me say this that just brought to mind too that a guy had reported this fella would stand in his front door, you know, he had, uh, I guess, a glass storm door, and he's standing in his front door wearing a woman's dress. And so the person, the neighbor reported him to the police, and the police or the judge or whoever said, he's in his house, he can do whatever he wants to do. He's not out in public, he's in his house. And the guy was complaining, but he's in his house. You know, he's not going to work, he's not coming outside, right. which I thought right. was kind of interesting. Right, right. Now let me ask you this because um there are um there are and I'm just gonna say it like this cross dressers balls. Like I know they have them in New York, they probably got them out on the West Coast also. Um where you have and there's and there's some that are celebrities that 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 dress as women. What do you think about that in the context of what we're talking about? Uh, now you're talking about Jaden Smith. <laughs> I'm not mentioning no names. <laughs> yeah, I've seen people at the Oscars dress like women with a gown. You know, it's just people out there are confused. There's people out seeking attention. There's people who are really think they are the opposite sex or whatever. Sin is all over the world. But what she's telling us here in this lesson is that's not our duty to follow the world. Our duty is to follow what thus saith the Lord. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, let's see. Let's skip down to where she's talking about, where it's uh, paragraph 458.2. And now she's talking about women's dresses. Now, we, we, we covered in a previous chapter where, where she uh, came out against women wearing hoops and talked about how immodest it was and talked about how difficult it is to sit unless you pull the hoops all the way up over your up over your thighs and all that all of that and um so she's talking about uh at this point the hoops uh or wearing the dresses so long that they sweep the sidewalks in the streets well we don't really have that problem today um but Again, the principle, and she says, if women wear their dresses so as to clear the filth of the streets an inch or two, then their dresses would be modest and they would be kept clean much more easily and would wear longer. And such a dress would be in accordance with our faith. So let's, let's bring that forward to today because we're, we're talking about principles of living. Um, what, would, what would we take from that as far as a principle for living? Well, we we take from what the the what I just read. Where, okay. where, what I, what I take from that is you got to look at the health, and I guess because I'm a facts teacher, and, and you know we deal with clothing. You have to take in, in 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 terms of the health issues too. If you're wearing something that is so long that's dragging, you're tempted to trip and fall and hurt yourself. Whereas if you, if you bring it up where your feet are able to make those movements when you're walking and stuff, it's, it's, a, it's, a, safe hazard, it's a safety hazard as well and, and as, as she's bringing out a spiritual matter too because Christ don't want you to sit there and, and wear something where when you fall, you've hurt your body and injured your body. 
Okay. Okay. So if we, so that's a good point. That's a good point. Safety. Um, I think also about, uh, we're talking about um, cleanliness. That's one of the things she's talking about. So we should be clean in our, in our dress. Um, she's talking about, to me, talking about a, a level of comfort that, um, you know, a real tight fitting outfit would not accord us, would not, would not uh, be for us. Um, and also um, in terms of if we were to wear something real short and tight, then that's going to rise up when we sit down. So it, it, it's a number of different things in there that I believe that we could take as a principle for um, our dress. And uh, down... Uh, Sister Karen, I hate to say this, but I was one of those ones when they came out with those dresses that fit so tight on your body that it shows all of your body form. I was just one of them people saying, I know that I have too many rows, and I ain't going to lie, I said too many rows of fat to be wearing something like that. And I'm one of them people, I don't like nothing tight. But I do see people that wear them and they look nice, but I just said, I know for me, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't be able to breathe in something that tight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. she uh, pointed out in, uh, I think we're on 458.4, but it says mm -hmm. Christians should not take pains to make themselves a gazing stock by dressing differently from the world. They should not change their dress in order to be like the world, but Christians should follow Christ and make their dress conform to God's word and they should shun extremes. So that's mm -hmm. a lot of principles right in there that we need mm -hmm. to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think sometimes, you know, when you see uh, celebrities out there um, and sometimes they're on the red carpet, but, but most often they're in, you know, in performance and in, in concerts or whatever. And some of their dress is pretty extreme you know, or some of it is very, um, oh, look at me, you know. Um, but that's for their performance. That's, you know, like the um, the Commodores and the Temptations, they have the same suit. They didn't run around the streets like that. They just, that was just, it was really just for their performance. And yeah, they're performing, so they do want you looking at them. It's like, that's their job. But I do what? Yeah, but not, I'm not always talking about when they're up on I stage. I think it's Cher. I don't know if people grew up in the era where Sonny and Cher, but Cher used to wear some outrageous outfits and let everything hang out. <laughs> but that, that's what Lakita's talking about, performance. Even if they're on the red carpet, they're performing. Even if they're at some sort of an event, they're performing. But you see a lot of times... Uh, maybe in the magazine, they'll get a picture of somebody running to the store and these people wearing some old rundown tennis shoes and a T-shirt like everybody else wears. And a lot of times, uh, this is just my opinion, people who perform or entertain for a living, they don't really know how to dress normally because they're typically entertaining and performing. So they can't even coordinate an, an outfit very well. It looks terrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. Hmm. Um, let's go on down to the, uh, let's see, paragraph 459.1. And she talks about um, the length of fashionable dress and objectionable is objectionable for several reasons. And then she lists some of the reasons. Um, did any of those reasons stand out to anybody? She lists about five reasons. Um, of course, and I'm just going to look at the principles here. Um, one of them is is the health because it's sweeping the sweeping the streets. So we talked about cleanliness. Um, one of them is again sweeping the streets and gathering the grass and mud. So again, that's that's um, uh, the um, streets. Then she talks about if they're sweeping the, the the streets and all of that, then they become beraggled, and then. They come in contact with anger, your, your body. And she said, it's just not helpful there. Um, then she says that the unnecessary length is an added weight upon the hips and the bowels. 
And then she says it hinders the walking and is also often in other people's way, which is kind of what you brought out, Patsy, that, you know, it may cause you to fall. Now, you know, what, what, what would have really been a mess is if they had those long dresses and then with real high stilted heels, too, because that really would have been a recipe for disaster. <laughs> but I think, no. you know, and I think uh, here, too, okay, so uh, like Patsy was saying about safety and um, her job as a uh uh, homes, I think it's home education teacher at that point. Facts. And then I think that she's, um, and you're talking about the safety. I don't think people realize even today that how dress may affect our health. Like who would have thought that the wet dress at the bottom of your ankle could cause you probably even to have pneumonia or some other type of, you know, virus because it's lowering your body temperature, et cetera, et cetera. So I think in this one, I'm thinking that she's focusing more on educating us about you know how to wear clothes like don't mm-hmm. put nothing on that's going to be heavy and weighing down your hips and stuff and you know like we were like all these heavy clothes and too tight clothes and stuff mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. in uh, 459.1 the first sentence says women should clothe their limbs with regard to health and comfort of course that goes for men too uh health and comfort so i've always felt like if I was a female, I wouldn't wear high heels because it's been proven to be bad for your ankle, bad for your knees, hips, back, everything. But, you know, that's where that, uh, I guess, just upbringing and ego and whatever. And the shoes look nice, no doubt about it, but it's not very healthful at all. Yeah, I think you're right about that, Lee, but we have gotten so accustomed to wearing, if we wear a dress, wearing heels with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I remember when I first got diagnosed with those sciatic nerves and they would not let me wear heels. They made me wear uh, sh- uh, what is it's like tennis shoes and those uh, orthopedic shoes. And I, ju- I just start crying in the doctor's office. I said, I could never go to church again. <laughs> and his reception turned around and said, I'll just explain to your pastor why you're wearing them. And, you know, and I said, it was, it was a thing in my heart that you cannot wear no tennis shoes up in no church. And so, you know, and I thought, well, it's either that I don't go or I, you know, or I put them heels, like you said, back on where it's going to continue to hurt me. So I finally came to the conclusion. I started praying. I let the Holy Spirit lead me. I said, I'm just going to go up in there with them orthopedic or them tennis shoes and just praise the Lord as if I think I still have heels on. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Good for you, Patsy. <laughs> but that's Good another thing, too. Now, that's something that's off, that's off our subject. But these rules that we put on ourselves concerning church, how we should look, what we're supposed to wear at church, et cetera, et cetera. That, you know, is one of the hardest things that I run into in working with people is the rules that have nothing to do with the Bible. But Christians have some kind of way picked up these different types of rules of what can be worn, what can't be worn, what we can do, what we can't do, where we can go, where we can't go, what should be done on Sabbath, what shouldn't be done on Sabbath, all these rules. And then it, it has nothing to do with our relationship with Christ. But Lakita, when when you grow up in a family like we did, there were certain mm-hmm. standards. You like you like I said, we had our church shoes, we had our church clothes. Mm-hmm. But as you know, and like I said, with our parents, we couldn't wear a ponytail to church. We couldn't. I mean, I could. I, you know, even if my mother had been living, and I would have told her, you know, I got sciatic nerves, and they they worked on me. My mother would have been like, "You still gonna put some kind of shoes, and you change them when you get in and sit down on the pew." But see, that's that. Like I said, there are things we have to be unlearned, and, and yeah. I said, and as you, yeah, and I think that's the thing. You know, you you know, there's a standard because you grew up knowing when you go in the house of the Lord, this is what you look like to be relevant to Him, and so you know, it, then, it, it, it it does affect you as you get older. Right, and then like like she's saying, um, like what Sister White is saying here is like we can't keep doing the same thing and you're saying the same thing at some point the holy spirit brought it to your attention that hey you know this is not anything i'm requiring of you i just want to see you at my place i just want to meet with you you know wherever whether it's at church whether it's in the nature or wherever you know but all of these rules 
literally will hinder our relationship with God. We have to test these rules. I agree. Upon us, you know. I agree. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, and uh, it, yeah, it, it's it's interesting because there were a lot of rules. I remember growing up at Oakwood. There were a lot of rules. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that. You know. I didn't really see why they made so much of a difference, but, you know, there were a lot of rules. I remember my family gave Holly a little uh, bracelet. You know, they're not in church. They had her little name on the little, they had the little squares and each square had a name and it was Holly spelled out her name on her bracelet. So she had, she had put her little bracelet on to go to church. And I said, Holly, take the bracelet off. We're going to go to church. She said, why? I said, because we're going to church. Well, why should I take the bracelet off? I said, well, I don't know why you're supposed to take the bracelet off. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said but, uh, and then I said, well, oh, yeah, okay. There's this lady named Jezebel. She wore a lot of, she wore a lot of jewelry. Right? <laughs> she said, she, I, I said, she wore a lot of jewelry, and we don't want to look like Jezebel. Now nah, I got quiet. She said, I'm the new Jezebel. I'm the one that go to church. She was only three or four. She was just a little girl. Yeah. But she was trying to figure out, well, why don't we do this? And right. Stuff. I, can, I, can wear it, I can wear it at home and I can wear it mm-hmm. during the week, but I can't wear it to church. Right, right. And stuff, you know? <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was so... I, I, I looked at me, we looked at each other, kind of sniggle, because it was funny. But I said, girl, take the thing off. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I go to church. But yes, you know, your kids will make you start rethinking some of that old stuff you used to do and all, all the rules you put upon these kids. And it makes it difficult for them to love God. Which is where the verse uh, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men comes up. Mm-hmm. You've, hear, you've heard it for so long. You must, you think it's a real commandment or something that God said when it's, really just people's opinions on what should and shouldn't be done. You know, I've never worn jewelry. Not really. I'm, I'm not really a jewelry person and stuff. But, you know, then I keep thinking about when people say, well, you're not supposed to wear jewelry. Usually, of course, they're talking about women. Not supposed to wear jewelry, this, that, jewelry, jewelry, jewelry. And then I was noticing how in the Bible, whenever they had to have a big, you know, like um, you have to give a big offering, the people bring their earrings and their gold. And their, they had the jewelry, Right. And they did have it. They had and they enough made, of it to build a golden calf. Yeah, and they have enough of it too to you know rebuild the temple. You know that's right. That's and right. you know, back at the, right. back at that time period, they were wearing golden jewelry because they were idol worshiping. Those that golden jewelry was usually something to do with idols, which is part of why it comes up to today where people say not to wear golden jewelry because thinking back then. That was that was that was a different situation. Uh, one of the things that I've always noticed is whenever you talk about dress reform, it's usually focused on the women, but men need to be careful what we wear. Also, men shouldn't come to church just wearing anything either. And it started becoming pointed out uh, that there is a that there's been a difference between men and women because no one ever complained to men about wearing uh, tie clips or, you know, watches, or cufflinks, all that stuff's not really useful. You don't have to have cufflinks, buy a shirt with buttons. You don't have to have a tie clip. (laughs) It's all kind of ways you can get around stuff. But we always focus on women because women typically are the ones who wear more jewelry and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some really flashy uh, cufflinks, really flashy ones. Let's go on down to the next uh, chapter. I mean, I'm sorry, paragraph 459.7, where she's talking about women who have adopted a male uh, form of dress. And we talked about this a little bit earlier about the confusion that would result as as a result of that. And um, have you all ever been out somewhere and somebody passes by you and your first thought is, what was that? Because you're not sure whether it was a male or a female? No, Karen, I've been in the store and I said, excuse me, ma'am, and the gentleman turned around. He said, "I'm a man." I oh. I was just I I, I mean I, I I just said it. I'm sorry, but his hair and he had on makeup, and lipstick, mm. and blush and stuff. And I like I said, you know, I was trying to go around. I was like, "Excuse me, ma'am." And then when he turned around, and said, "No, I'm a male." 
And I thought, oh, and I, I immediately apologized. And I kept pushing my cart thinking, well, wait a minute. He looks exactly like, in my mind, that I would think a female would look like. He would, I would <laughs> thought he would be happy. I would thought if he was going around looking like that, he would be happy that you uh, thought he was a woman. You know? No. Yeah, he corrected me, and I assumed that, you know, I don't know, like I said, when from the back, and when he turned around, I saw some of the lipstick and the makeup, but he said, no, and I said, maybe he was, what did he say? They say bisexual, he goes both ways, but I was so embarrassed. Mm. You didn't know how to be embarrassed? Yeah. <laughs> More often than not, I think I've seen females who you know, they were dressed like a man. And so my, my, my thought was they were a man, but there was something that I perceived about it that, that made me say, okay, what was that? You know? I know I told you guys before in college, I went to a party and it would end up being a lot of gay men wearing actual ball gowns, you know, the long, roughly like mm. prom dresses. And I hurried up and got out of there. <laughs> uh, one of the culminations of all that is with Caitlyn Jenner you know, actually changed sex. And yeah. now, you know, they had they had Caitlyn Jenner on one of the big magazines, Vogue or something, Vanity Fair or something. And, you know, it's just normalizing that type of thing. There are, there are people who read that and say, oh, it's okay. And, you know, they teaching their kids to, you know, whatever you feel like you're a boy or you feel like a girl, go ahead and be that. You know, and it's, as, as this is pointing out, the um, God expects that there is a difference between men and women, but mankind is cheapening it and saying, oh, it don't make a difference. You can just dress how you want, be who you want, et cetera. It's just another trick of the devil, ultimately. But it's also, it's I have a question that somebody, if y'all can make me understand this. When two women get, get married or two men get married, how do they determine which is going to be the wife and which is going to be the husband? Well, I, I, don't, I don't understand it. <laughs> probably just me, the natural tendencies. Just probably just the natural tendencies. I was watching something just the other day, and I was watching Niecy Nash, who I had no idea she had married a woman. And so when they got married, her her I don't know what you call is that her wife or her husband? I don't know what you call them. But anyway, she was dressed like a man. She had on a tux just like a man would wear. So how in yeah, the world? How in the world do you take something that God put in place, which is holy matrimony, man and woman, you want to change it, but you want to use God's standard and God's way. You know what I mean? So if you're going to do two men, why don't y'all go off and have a whole nother service that has nothing to do with what God has put together? Because God put man and woman. So you want to make it two men, but you want to still make it the model of man and woman. Or you have two women. You still want the model of man. You still cannot get away from what God put in place. Man and Amen. woman. Well, that's always no. part of the that's always part of the devil's plan to mix them, mix truth with error. And so error, if he right. just went off and did something totally different, people be like, oh, big deal. But if he mixes it, now people are confused and say, Well, this must be okay. It's still the Bible says husband and wife. This is husband and wife. So it's a lot of confusion going on. And when two people like that marry, they already know who's the man and who's the woman and vice versa. When it comes to dressing, you don't know. Like I said, you cannot go by appearance anymore, no matter where you at, because you don't know. Because some of the women, they have their hair cut short, but yet they're in men's clothes. So you assume that it's a man. Yeah, they have but haircuts also, like men, right. Also, you this reeks of that verse um, where it says, first of all, talking about Noah, because that came up this morning, and it says that Noah was righteous man uh, for in his day. That's an interesting because God is going to judge us according to what was going on around us as well. And then when we look at our children today, you know, there, I mean, this whole thing of coming out of the closet and stuff has been going on for a minute. And so um, children are not going to know. Well, the Bible says this, if it was very, um, if it was very possible, even the elect would not be saved so that it's going to be um, evil or sin is going to be so common that some people just not going to even know right from wrong. 
you know, it's 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 getting there where you know you're not gonna even know right from wrong. It's all about little. normalization. The more mm-hmm. normal it seems, the more people will adopt it. Mm-hmm. You, I think you're absolutely right, and I think that's where the enemy is headed. He's he- headed towards so much stuff. Like now, we see so much stuff on TV, and 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 you know, I turn away from it because I can't stand it. Some of it, you know, but he wants to get us to the point where oh, it's just normal. And so we don't turn away from it because we're used to seeing it. You know, like like right now, we for the most part, unless it's just really gory, we don't turn away from violence on TV. Whereas there was a time back in the day during, during Lassie and Leave It to Beaver and all that, you didn't see that. In, but, but <laughs> those kind of shows, you didn't see violence like that. Remember, Mr. Ed and all of that. I remember <laughs> watching 24 and jumping out the bed going, shoot them, shoot them. And I said, oh my goodness. And I called myself a Christian. <laughs> So I think that gradually, you know, the enemy is trying to normalize us to those things that really should be repulsive to us. You know, it's like I say sometimes, you know, if you watch enough stuff with cussing in it, after a while, you don't even hear it or realize it anymore. And so then you're telling somebody, oh, this is a great movie. You should watch it. And they say, I couldn't get past the first two minutes of that. How did you watch that? There's so much cussing. There was no cussing in that. Yes, there was. Then you, you got to tell them, just watch it a few more times. <laughs> <laughs> you won't hear any cussing at all, right? <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, Pastor, I can't remember Pastor Bernard was uh, was was at y'all. He was at the top and we were sitting at the table and we were laughing about commercials and he was like, did you see that one commercial? Uh, I guess they were talking about, you know, uh, that the, the medicine you take if you HIV. He said, I can swear that lady was a man. I said, I think she is too on that commercial. So we just kind of laughed and, you know, several of us sitting at the table was like, I saw that commercial and I said, you, I mean, when you look at her and she's talking about, you know, HIV and I thought, That's, that, that looks like one of those, you know, men that maybe had itself changed to a female, but the commercial is like, what? You just can't tell. Well, if you think about when we were growing up, if there were any uh, gay people, they were usually off by themselves and nobody wanted to be associated with them. But now in the schools, there's so many gay people. It's like another, just another student. Yeah, because well, I've been up in Normandy. I went, I've been up in Normandy this week and I kind of, we went in West to see some of the remodeling that they're getting ready to do because we're packing up stuff and they're giving away dishes and all that from our department. And I said, when did we get a uh, unisex bathroom? And they was like, oh, when y'all left in 213, it got crazy with the State Department because you got some of the boys that wanted to use the girls' bathrooms because they had considered themselves females, even though their outer appearance was male. And I thought, I said, I never would have thought it went that far in a school district. Mm. Yeah. Mercy. Schools publicly funded, they got to follow government rules. Mm. Um, we got about four more minutes before we close out. So uh, I want to touch on paragraph 460.1, where she says at the top of that, God designed that there should be a plain distinction between the dress of mm-hmm. men and women and has considered the matter of sufficient importance to give explicit, explicit directions in regard to it. For the same dress worn by both sexes would cause confusion and great increase of crime. And I thought about that last portion of that and it said great increase of crime. And I thought, what, what in the world does that mean? But then I remember li- listening to various news stories where you had uh, men who were, were tra- transgendered into women and they are there's a lot of violence against them, especially in the black community. A lot of them have been killed because, and I don't know if it's because just because of what they're doing or because they're they're presenting themselves as women, but then they get with somebody in an intimate situation and they find out that they're not women. They haven't, you know what I'm saying? They haven't um, gone through the surgery or whatever. They just have the appearance and the face and the body of being a woman, but they're not. And so well, you know, Karen, they're being murdered more because, first of all, they may look like women. You know, women are the mostly killed. So that's mm-hmm. part of that uh, issue. Mm-hmm. Also, Karen, when Sister uh, Mitchell used to have me uh, 
start doing those prison tours, you know, with, and, and taking people down to the prison. The, the, when they would take us in the room to talk with us for the first 45 minutes, and they were explaining that the, the homosexuals that's in prison will kill you faster in prison than any, you know, than any other, other population that was there. And, you know, we used to ask why, and they said because when, when they fall in love with you, they will hurt you if they think you're trying to take their mail. And I thought, oh, my gosh. I, I mean, that was an eye-opening for me. Mm. Mm. All righty then. <laughs> well, so what do you guys think about this in terms of crying? Uh, and also... Um, the issue came up, I think it's this week or last week. Well, I'm sorry, last week. And I was reading about the ruling of um, transgender people who want to, men, who want to be on the teams of female teams. Like I think it's in, how, in high school and college. And so they are, uh, I think some states have, have shut it down that they can't not compete on those teams. What do you guys think about that? I think that's a fair ruling because uh, they're still dudes, men. They would still have their testosterone to be stronger, and it'd be unfair. You know what's interesting about that, Lakita, is we have seen a bunch of women or young girls who wanted to compete with the boys, but they were girls wanting to compete mm -hmm. with boys. They weren't girls trying to be boys to, to compete with boys. They were truly girls, and so they broke a little barrier which was set, set history and say, we have a girl now on the boys team. She wants to play varsity football and because they don't have a varsity football for girls. She had to join the boys team. I think, and I think that's great. If, she, if that's what she wants to do and they allow girls to play with the boys. Now understand it's kind of rough out here and you got to put on the same padding, of course, and everything else, but these boys are stronger than you. So, you know, if they hit you, it's going to hurt. But that's a little different, I guess, than what you're saying. You're just talking about a girl trying to be a boy to, to pass as a boy when they're really a girl, right? Could you no, say it's a man. Different? Yeah. Yes, yeah, backwards. It's a man. Oh, the other way. Okay. Like, yeah. But uh, and then those girls, I'm not for sure if I, there may have been one on a high school team, but most of those are like in you know middle school or something. I've I've seen that before. But to well, be, you know, there's uh, there's I'm sorry, there's a thing out there now. I think it was, there wasn't it a girl maybe a couple of years ago that was running track or something and her mm -hmm. body was really built up like a man, but she was <laughs> fully female. Yeah, she had an extra chromosome. She's so, still fighting for her cases. To, to yeah, because yeah. they tried to say that she couldn't- I think her name was Caster Center. Caster Center from Africa. Uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. uh-huh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, think about but that it. Was yeah, that, there's she a lot. She didn't undergo any type of surgery or any type of hormones or anything. Right. Right. She that was just she was just naturally that away. Now, yeah, there's but like, wait a minute, Karen. Karen uh, did you say that she actually had an, uh, another extra an extra chromosome. hormone? Or she had an extra chromosome. chromosome. Uh huh. An extra chromosome. Uh -huh. So, which don't that determine if you're male or female? There's a lot of confusion going on with that. But I, I was talking, I was thinking about the uh, middle school girls. Sometimes they do want to play against the boys because the competition is tougher. But there is, there is a physical difference between them. At that point, there's some equality. But as you get older, it, it, uh, the differences become more pronounced. Me personally, I've seen where the girls want to wrestle with the guys and play football and whatever. <clears throat> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that as a man. Yeah, but what if, I just what if the girl, here's the thing the guy that gets beat by the girl, his self esteem is going to be really down <laughs> if he gets beat by the girl, you know? He yeah, but, if, but if you beat her, then your self esteem's like, shoot, anybody could beat a girl. I, I don't beat <laughs> up on a girl. That's ridiculous. To, I mean, you know, it you used know to be saying? that men were, it used to be that men and boys were taught never to hit a girl. You know, a girl hits you, you don't just wind up and hit her back like you crazy. But now some women do it. Some women want to feel like they can beat up on men and they don't say to get the hat. You ain't gonna hit no girl, you ain't gonna hit me. And then she get knocked out. You weren't supposed to hit me. I'm a girl, but you fighting like men. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Yeah. not everybody was taught not to hit girls back. Well, in my you know, neighborhood, people say if you 
If you're tough enough to hit me, I'm going to hit you back. But, that you know, here in, the, here, here in our neighborhood, we had a little girl that would get off the bus and the boys would all run. And she did. She beat a couple of them. And so their parents <laughs> went, to the, went, to, went to the parents. They did. They said, your daughter is a bully. My son. And, I mean, we sat out there and listened. The man explained to the little girl's mother, we teach our son. He could never hit a female. And the mother was like, it ain't my problem that my daughter get me. I mean, she justified her daughter. And it was like three of them. And they was like, she was like, well, my daughter is real cute. And when she like a boy, if he don't do. And I thought, lady, apologize and teach your, your daughter. You can't keep beating up on the boys that you know will not hit you. And I thought, so finally, I think that those parents, they went to the, uh, the Hazelwood School Board uh, about her. And I just thought, you know, you can't keep put that kind of thought in your daughter's mind. You know the ones that won't hit you. And yet she was, I mean, she was hitting them real hard. And she, mm-hmm. she was trying to stop them from, you know, going around her. And they, they tried everything with that little girl. Mm. You know what? It work is when somebody busts their teeth out. But then you don't want to do that, right? Because right, then right. the parents pushing her to fight like that. But as soon as somebody hits her, they're going to be calling Karen to file a lawsuit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they be wanting the witnesses to come come forth. You know, I have mixed feelings about that. I, you know, you really, you don't want your children to be violent and stuff. But, you know, men become victims of domestic violence yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, yeah. And they they have the same level of fear, trying to get right. away. And I I saw right. this one um, TV show where this girl woman was she it's like one of those SVU type of things, and she was a small petite woman was beaten. The guy was a big old guy, and so then the the police figured it out they thought she was the victim. They figured it out, and by the time they got back, she had stabbed and killed the man, you mm. know, several times and stuff. So. You know, I'm, I have mixed feelings about that, men. I don't think they should hit women, but I don't think nobody should allow, allow other people to hit them. No, and one thing that you can do as a man, if a woman's hitting on you, you can always leave, go somewhere else, get out of the situation, or just defend yourself, blocking punches, hold on to them. But if you got to deal, deal with that, it's time to move on. Yeah, but see, Elder Carol, I'm sorry, them little boys, when they hit, when they get off that bus, they was flying trying to get away. And she, I mean, that little girl could run. But you know, that's going to run into the wrong one. But you know, that, that, when you say, you know, they should leave, that's what we tell women of domestic violence. They're saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you should just leave. It's not that easy. But that, it's not like they just wake up one day and hit the man. I mean, this stuff, they have been, lowering his self-esteem, undermining his self-confidence, mm-hmm. you know, brutalizing him in so many different ways that by the time they get to that point, you know, he feels stuck some kind of way. But anyway, that's just... <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's get back to so we can close out. Um, so um, I'm skipping all the way down to paragraph 464.2. And in that paragraph, she's really talking about uh, the type of dress you should wear out versus the type of dress you should wear in when you're doing your housework or whatever. And she makes a distinction. It should be more comfortable when you're at home. It could be shorter when you're at home. And again, this was for her day and for her time. Um, but, you know, it's okay to be around the house. And right now during COVID-19, hey, you know, comfortable clothes and t-shirts is the norm right now um, when you're at home. So, um I think that she's making a distinction between what you're wearing out, which, you know, should, of course, still be, we, we went through those principles, healthful, it should be modest, it should be appropriate for the times. But also when you're in the house, you don't have to be quite as concerned about, you know, um, what's proper out of the house versus what's proper in the house. Um, and then she talked about how wives and mothers sometimes think no matter, it doesn't matter what they look like when they're at home working, but she's saying that, you know, yeah, you should take some care even when you're at home. Um, and then she says at the bottom of that paragraph, Christian sisters should not at any time dress extravagantly, but should at all times dress as neatly, modestly, and healthfully as their work will allow. So again, we're talking about the circumstances of what type of work you do, um, where you work, whether you work in the home or outside of the home, uh, all of those things uh, come into play. Um, I think you hit on, on this point too, Karen. 
sometimes we'll dress up, you know, go to work, put on three piece suit or whatever. And then we come home, we wearing torn pajamas and dirty t-shirt, you know, and, and we're not, we're not thinking of our family as important enough to at least look decent around, but we should still look decent even around our family members. You know, you still can be comfortable and still look nice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, any closing thoughts for this chapter? Yeah, I do. It's, um, I think this is paragraph 465. Okay. I mean, page 465, paragraph. Life is a place to speak to the people where the subject is new and prejudice exists. I think it best to be careful and not close the ears of the people by wearing a dress which would be objectionable to them. But after bringing the subject before them and fully explaining my position, I then appear before them in the reform dress illustrative of my teachings. So she's saying this. What paragraph was that, Lakita? It's on page 465, paragraph two. It's that principle again, you know, I become all things to our people or I fit in. You know, let's try not to be looking, like don't go to the beach in a three-piece off, in a three-piece suit and stiletto heels. That's completely out of place. And, and don't, don't come, come to church, church in, in your bikini. bikini. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Or your speedo for the men. <laughs> I, I can't find where Lakita was. She said 455. I don't have that, do I? 465.2. Oh, okay. Kind of in the middle of that paragraph. The first sentence says, another reason which I offer. That's the top of the paragraph. But then she was reading from the middle of the paragraph. When I visit a place to speak to people. So, so yeah, she's saying, you know, don't look so odd and out of place that immediately they turn, they close their ears to what you're getting ready to say or what you're getting ready to speak about. Absolutely. All right. Any other, any other thoughts? Okay. Lee, where are we next week? Next week, excuse me, in the book, Heaven, chapter 10. And the title is Who Will Be There? So tune in to see if you're going to be in heaven or not. <laughs> <laughs> Will somebody let me know in case if y'all cancel? Because I said, then I'll know that I ain't going crazy. and can't get into the class. <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Aren't, I you, on I the, aren't you on the list? Aren't you yeah, on I Karen's out, mailing list? Yeah, I sent out something when I found out, uh, Patsy. Yeah. So. Um, just check your text messages maybe before the I did. The only I did, but last I think he did last week was because it was Sabbath, Easter Sabbath. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I, I did, I, I, like I said, I did check. I didn't get a message. I said, well, maybe it's just that they, I thought maybe y'all changed the ID number or something. No. Mm-mm. Oh, no. Thank you so okay. much. All right. Well, let's close out. Uh, I'm going to ask Andre to give our closing prayer if he would. Dear most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for another Sabbath. <clears throat> we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word and spirit of prophecy, Lord, and the Holy Spirit uh, that it guided our conversation today, Lord. I pray that today and the message that uh, we read today would penetrate our hearts, Lord, and we will understand the principles that was in the word today, Lord. Let us follow it to a T. Forgive us of our sins, Lord. Continue to bless all those who joined and who's listening. Lord, and uh, forgive us of our sins. Bring us back here next week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.